Hi, and welcome to a Brian Schaefer story. In this episode, we get to jump directly into my conversation with uh, Tana from uh, Scout Studios, where we discussed plausible events in a crime context. So, bottom line, different scenarios Brian could have encountered the night he went missing, and with the notion that he hasn't been found. Other aspects might be covered at a later date. So, let's go. Hello, Tana, and welcome. So uh, would you like to just talk a little bit, uh, mention that you host a YouTube channel and uh, something uh, to your personal effect? Uh, yeah, so my name is Tana, and I host the YouTube channel Sculpt Studios True Crime, and I have a master's in forensic psychology and worked previously as a mental health supervisor and therapist, and then I also specialized in working with sex offenders and people with dual diagnosis. Lovely. So we head out, for example, let's say that uh, a car is involved now somehow. What if Brian was walking out with a group of people and whatever couple that he was talking with, couple people he was talking with said, oh, well, hey, we're going to go and get something to eat. Do you want to come? He might have gotten in a car. Sure. I could see a car being involved for a lot of reasons. Well, different scenarios then, uh, if we take the car into account, is that he either voluntarily enter the car or he didn't voluntarily enter the car. So what type of threatful situations can you sort of imagine that Brian uh, would have been forced to enter a car? What type of scenarios do you see there? Um, if someone were, were going to be forcing someone into a car, that would be a kidnapping. And um, the motivation for a kidnapping would, you know, ransom. <laughs> Um, I don't, that obviously was not what the issue was in this case. There was no ransom demand ever made. Um, Some people uh, would kidnap someone so that they could take them to another location to bring them harm. But that would take a pretty strong motivation to do that um, because that's extra effort to remove someone from one location and to put them into another location to bring harm to them is an extra step. Um, Another reason someone might force someone into a car yeah, those are about the two I'm thinking of. You know, ki- kidnapping. Uh, why? Why would someone want to kidnap someone? Yeah, I mean, can it be that they are sort of politely asking a person to come along, and then he doesn't want to? Is it still kidnapping if they just want to take him, say, from point A to point B without causing any harm to him? Oh uh, yeah, it would still be kidnapping to remove would someone it? from one location and make them go to another location against their will. That would still be kidnapping, I would say. Whether there's intent to harm or not, the kidnapping is the making someone leave the location that they're currently in. Wow, and that's a, that's quite a serious crime, isn't it? I, I would I would say so. Yeah, um, kidnapping uh, is in most cases a felony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's not something that we play with very much. You know, we don't. It, it's pretty serious. Yeah, you should not kidnap someone. Right. Then it's more plausible that perhaps Brian entered the car. He was unsuspectingly entering a car without thinking that something would happen to him. I mean, uh, yeah, nobody would enter a car thinking something was going to happen wrong. Nobody yeah. would go. So, right. um, but yeah, if um, if Brian were hanging out with some people or had just been chatting with them and they seemed friendly, I could see a, a person going with to go to another party or go get something to eat. Do you want to come hang out for you know another hour? whatever. I could see a person voluntarily getting in the car with people they don't know. Right. Let's assume, taking this scenario then further, that that if 
I mean, we know that he wasn't really into drugs. I mean, uh, nothing seems to indicate that, at least not heavy drugs. But if someone would have offered him drugs, and let's say that, okay, jump, jump in a car with me. I'll take you to a place where they sell drugs. And, uh, and then this, this driver sort of maybe leaves Brian after he's uh, transported him. And, and then Brian enters a place or a premise and something happens from there. Would, would law enforcement have probably found out that Brian entered a car voluntarily and, and, and took a ride somewhere with another person? Assuming that the other person, if Brian went somewhere with another person, that the other person did not have any intention of bringing him harm and did not bring him harm, yeah. I would think that person would have come forward and say, oh, yeah, I gave Brian a ride to Burger King that day. I think that that person would have come forward by now. This is something that we've been talking about for a long time. And so, um, but very often people that have been kidnapped, we never find what vehicle they went in. I'm talking unsolved kidnappings. Mm-hmm. We don't find out what happened. They were just there and then not. I mean, I'm not at all saying that Brian was kidnapped in this case, but unless someone came forward with information, there would be no reason to assume that he was kidnapped. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Uh, if Brian were kidnapped, you may not ever know because unless someone came forward with information saying he was kidnapped, there'd be no reason to suspect that that's what happened. There's been no ransom demand. There's been no body parts found. There's been no, um, photos of horrible things happening to him. Nothing like that's ever come forward. And, but successful unsolved kidnappings, the reason why they're successful and unsolved is that they don't. They don't say I was involved in something shady. So something shady could have always happened and the perpetrator just keeps silent. Right. Do you, do you remember that we brought up the subject of uh, fake cops? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that we, we did. And I actually had forgotten all about that. Um, those cases where someone is pulled over or approached mm-hmm. by a police officer and mm-hmm. uh, if the person is you know fully in uniform, may even have a cop looking car that has the lights on it and uh there have been incidences of people being sexually assaulted after being pulled over um and so that is a possibility that has happened other places and there's no reason to not consider it in brian's disappearance okay yeah because if if you were pulled over by what you assumed was a police officer you most people would stop like they were told to and have a, you know, an interaction with that officer. And if an officer placed them under arrest, they would get in the back of the car, assuming everything was legitimate because you'd have no reason to suspect it wasn't legitimate. No, sure. What I'm sort of uh, seeing is that uh, someone asks him to, you know, turn uh, turn around and sort of maybe handcuffs him. Uh, Unsuspectingly, Brian, you know, turns around, of course, he, he wants to do that because uh, it's an officer telling me to go around the fact that Brian was a male adult and quite, you know. Yeah, he was physically fit. He so he was can be can be a point of sort of intimidating. Yeah, but people who are strong and big have been taken before. People who are strong and big have been murdered. Um, so that just because you and people who are in groups even have been attacked, and so just because you are a strong young athletic person doesn't mean that your risk is any less really yeah because most people that are going to bring harm to you aren't going to tell you ahead of time that that's what they're planning it's going to be a surprise yeah because 
we have to assume somehow that uh, that Brian. <laughs> I mean, it was quite late in the in the morning. He had been out for six, seven hours. You can sort of see it. There is some talk about that he was planning a, an after party at his place. So, uh, but in any event, I think the, the majority of occasions we have to sort of place him going walking home. So uh, the regular things that you assume when you're walking home is that perhaps it's a, li- it's a little bit too far away to walk, so you're tired and you want to go end up as fast as you can. So you, you, you grab an Uber today. I don't know if Uber were, uh, were there in 2006. I'm not really sure. I don't think that they Are- were. It was not operating definitely as... Uh- widespread as it is now if it was operating but there would have been taxi cabs at the least and also because otherwise entering a car probably would have meant that brian voluntarily did this uh, so a taxi is a pos- uh, possibility but then and a taxi driver also if brian was sort of transported by taxi to another area that we don't know of today but but uh, i'm assuming that this taxi driver would have come forward or law enforcement would have found out that Brian took a, a ride somewhere with right. a taxi. With a right. Again, unless the taxi driver were the person that wanted to bring harm to Brian, who he had never met before. Sure. Right. Um, but yeah, assuming that uh, a taxi driver was just a regular up and up taxi driver, they would have come forward by now, I would assume. Cause this is the police have been asking people for years and have been very thorough and trying to get information. So I imagine that all taxi companies operating in the area were actually contacted. Yeah, right. Correct. Just to make sure that yeah. he didn't take a cab. The only thing I can see is that, like, a trip with uh, some type of vehicle and uh, some uh, somewhere else outside this immediate area where it looked. I mean, that would have complicated things well, quite a bit. Well, certainly. If, yeah. certainly, if Brian got into a car and they drove him 300 miles away, there'd be no reason to go 300 miles to look for him over there. There'd be no reason to even think what direction to head, yeah. Yeah. let alone how far to go. So, yeah, if that, that happened where he voluntarily or involuntarily got into a vehicle and went somewhere else, then we would have no idea where to start to look for him. It could be anywhere in the entire world. Yeah. Yeah, because any other type of transportation, I mean, if it took a bus or if it took the train somewhere, I mean, uh, supposing that there is a train to catch even, but or uh, or maybe he, he ended up in an ambulance. I mean, he was hit somehow, uh, unre- uh, unreported, uh, uh, an ambulance picked him up. I mean, law enforcement would have found out. Don't, yeah, don't, they, don't they would have found that out again, yeah. unless there's yeah. some secret operation of serial killing ambulance drivers. And yeah. I've not heard of that happening yet, but I guess it could. Yeah. But yeah, the law enforcement would have gone and contacted um, emergency services to see if anyone matching Brian's description had come through there. And they probably would have gone to local emergency rooms and then also checked other jails and things like that, too, to make sure he wasn't in the encatchment area. Right. And also, this this sounds a bit controversial, but... Uh... What if, let's say that Brian was heading home and, and he sort of made, uh, made a scene. He was ur- uh, urinated in the, in the street and, and there is a police car who passes him and they sort of, you know, inquire him about this. They go out to him and inquire about this and then something unfortunately happens. Could a, one or a couple of police officers had uh, gotten away with this somehow, do you think? There have been documented cases 
of police officers bringing harm to people that were under their care as suspects. I mean, obviously we all know what has recently happened with uh, Mr. George Floyd and that whole situation. Um, But well before that, I, I think I talked to you about it one time about the police officer that there's two suspects that he had taken into custody following traffic stops and those people have never been seen again. I think you and I talked about that. And for some reason, his name, the officer's name is not coming to my mind, but um, there there's that case. And you know, there's, if you were to Google it, you're going to be able to find cases of police officers behaving inappropriately. So yes, that is a possibility, but I don't know. It just like, it, that would be the right place at the right time kind of situation or wrong place at the wrong time situation where you'd be urinating in the street and the police happen to find you and then rough, rough you up. And it has happened. So I, I don't know. I, I can, all I can say is it has happened. And I'm actually thinking of a case where an off duty officer, uh, a man was urinating outside of a Denny's and the off duty mm-hmm. officer, um, he had, she ended up taking his life. I don't remember now the circumstances, but I believe he was beaten to death and choked. Um, oh, wow. But that, that um, older man was urinating outside of a Denny's restaurant and an off-duty officer took matters into their own hands. So I, I, all I can say is that, yes, unfortunately, that is a possibility and always can be. I didn't specifically think of any case in mind when I said urinated. I mean, it's a behavior that it's not. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a, a behavior a, that is yeah. offensive to some people and people yeah, get irritated. So, yeah, yeah. But just literally about the urination case, I actually, off the top of my head, immediately thought of that uh, that man in, it, that was urinating mm-hmm. outside of Denny's restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, I believe, an off-duty officer and her spouse. And they took turns, allegedly roughing the person up and i believe that he died but that's been a, a period of time ago and i don't remember the specifics now but it should be easy to find if you google it yeah yeah sure sure um we have it on record so i mean yeah yeah uh, but yeah it's just it, but yeah sadly that has happened with something as simple as just urinating a non-life-threatening offense committed and then being met with life-taking violence from a police officer that has happened but can you sort of imagine that uh, the CPD, during their investigation, that they contemplated this fact? Do you, do you think as a... I don't... I, I, I don't know. I don't think that police officers would automatically, detectives would automatically think of that as a possible scenario unless they had reason to suspect that is something that had happened in that district before. Right. Like, yes, I know that, that detectives do check out all possibilities, but some possibilities are so remote that you might not spend much time investigating that. Right, right. Uh, no, but, of course, an investigation by, uh, by the police is, uh, is evidence-based, of course. Right. You know, it's evidence-based. Like, you'd have to have, of course, I, detectives are going to think of every possible solution or situation that could have happened. Yeah, of course, and investigations by police will start with evidence gathering. They will see, they will look at evidence and then take it from there. They won't just come up with a weird theory at first and then try to piece out the puzzles. Uh, but right, uh, so. detectives, when they're looking for something, they of course do try to think of every possible situation that could have occurred. But using whatever evidence that they find, that's how they start to narrow it down. And they're not going to spend much time uh, wasting time on things that are 
very unlikely to have happened. Um, they're not going to assume that it's a really high chance that a grizzly bear came and got Brian Schaefer off the side of the street because there aren't any grizzly bears in that city. Right. And so while it's a remote possibility that that could happen, they're not going to spend much time researching and looking at that particular possibility because it's pretty darn remote. And so anything else like police brutality that is something that they believe is a remote chance, they may not spend a bunch of time on that unless they have reason to believe that it has occurred in that district or with those officers before. They're, very often police assume that other police are pretty good guys. And so they're not going to waste a bunch of time assuming that police brutality could have been related without having any reason to have that issue raised. Yeah, it makes sense to me. But in the end, when when sort of we know that they haven't found any evidence of of a foul play in his case, but at the end of the many years, say, do they do they do some type of brainstorming around uh, various theories, sort of? Uh, f- far-fetched theories do you think or do they just i mean they gather evidence and then they just take it from there and, and if they can't find anything they just you know the the case file remains empty in this situation um well, i think that they do reconvene every so often and mm-hmm. bring in new eyes to look at everything and see if anyone else can think of an idea that they haven't thought of sometimes they'll bring in um, retired detectives to work on cold case squads from other uh, other states or other parts of the country so that totally fresh eyes can take a look at it and see if there's anything that they couldn't, that they didn't notice or something that they hadn't thought of. And uh, I think that any reputable police department would do that, bring in other eyes to see if there's something that they've missed, especially if a very long time has gone by. And yeah. then anytime that there's new tips that come in, then that would add on to a new perspective and a new chance at investigation. So if anyone does have any tips about any kind of cold case, please bring them in because it gives the police another opportunity to then look at that case and look at those tips and see if there's any new information. Yeah. So uh, we know at one point that the FBI was uh, contacted and they uh, sort of uh, joined in with their analysis of the case. And then after that, Brian was sort of placed on their VICAP list. Right. And that Uh, is so interesting because there's, that doesn't happen very often that someone, a, a random citizen, is put on the VICAP list. That's so unusual. Yeah, it is. It seems to be really unusual. There are there are sixty plus individuals there from all the missing persons around the United States. There are sixty individuals placed there. Yeah, and, uh, and there seems to be the context in ending up on this list seems uh, seems to be that they suspect. Well, f- first and foremost, you are missing you're out of action and then they suspect that something happened to you in regard with other violence or sexual violence sort of something in that regard so yeah and i am interested i i would love to know what their reason for putting brian on that list was just because mm-hmm. i'm interested in knowing because it's so unusual to be placed on that list and we're not aware of any um external reasons like violence or a sexual assault or anything like that that might have highlighted his case to put him on there. So um, clearly the police and detectives know many things that we don't know because uh, they probably know why he's on that list, but we don't. Oh, okay. Don't you think that it could be sort of a, a formality from the FBI side that it's their receipt? The yeah, way- but, but there's been so many times where the FBI was consulted that they did not put that mm-hmm. person on the list. 
Mm-hmm. So I just like, I'm not saying that it's any kind of nefarious reason, but there's got to be some kind of reason why his case stands out to them. And they put him on there because mm-hmm. the FBI consults quite often really with various missing persons cases. And only like you said, 60 people are on that list. So what I just am curious what the specific criteria was to have him placed on it. And I think it's fine that he's on there. I don't mind, but right. I just wonder why, why is his case so interesting? Because well, the things that we do know other than Brian going missing in the blink of an eye and never being found again, it's not actually that interesting. The The part that makes his case so interesting is that there's no, there's no start of, you know, he just went missing and then now he's still missing. There's no extra information that's been filled in. And there was no weird things left behind that, like some other cases that people would say make those cases more interesting. You know, like the, the cases where, um, satanic devil worshiping things have been left behind that would make a case more interesting because that's not something that you normally see mm-hmm. so i just wonder what about brian's case was so captivating to them that they put him on that list because it's a pretty exclusive list yeah it seems to be it seems to be i've seen it uh, discussed uh, quite a bit actually that brian ended up there i know uh, i know though that there is another case um which is brandon swanson uh, the oh guy yes, who, Brandon Swanson. Yeah, the guy who actually vanished in up in Minnesota. And that was the young man that was coming home from a, college, a high school party, graduation party. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're, yes, yes, I know exactly the case you're talking about. Yes, correct. And yeah, and his case was like that too, where he was just there and then not. And yeah. there's been all these years later, nothing found. Yeah, he he was basically even in a more remote area than a city. He was out. Oh in, yeah, he was out in the little cornfields. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, the masses of perpetrators running around there during that period. I mean, I can't really see men with uh, butcher knives and shotguns going out to hunt him and kill him, and uh, so and just being available in every cornfield everywhere so that no matter what one you happen to go off in, that's the one they find you in. Yeah, right, that would be right. Yeah, there's there's no way there's that many perpetrators out there there's just no way that every missing no. person could have been gotten that way no right and still he's uh he's the other really famous case on top of that list because i've sort of yeah. examined the the unfortunate people who are there on this list and and the other one i found which i personally knew about and which i know is kind of famous is brandon swanson except for brian schaefer so mm-hmm. uh and so that one tells me that perhaps there are various different reasons to why they put the person on up there. Right. Well, because um, thinking about Brandon Swanson, there is yeah. nothing in his case either that directly points to foul play. No, no, not the least. You know, he say. was talking with his father on the phone and then um, said, oh, sh-t, and then the call dropped. And then yeah. he's never been heard or seen from again. And so yeah. there was nothing, there was no other voice there or shotgun sound or something like that that would make people believe, oh, someone definitely got that guy. Just like with Brian Schaefer's case, there's no nothing pointing to definitely something foul play happened or definitely foul play did not happen. There's nothing no. either way. No, right. I mean, of course, you have to assume that if a person goes missing, it can be non-voluntarily. So you have to assume that something happened to him in this in this aspect, that someone caused oh, an harm on him. So you have to investigate it, of course, as a police officer. But what do you think of uh, the lead detective? Uh, his name is John Hurst, actually. But uh, he came from a, from a unit inside the police force that's called the Special Victims Unit. Mm-hmm. Have you do you know anything about this unit or um the special victims unit 
has historically been used for cases involving sexual assault, um, sexual crimes. Um, but I know that there are sometimes circumstances where a detective will be called in from that unit because they uh, they just need extra resources. So just because an officer has been called from a certain unit does not necessarily mean that the case is belonging to that unit. It could be that there's just not been uh, enough staff. Just because a person has been called from the special special victims task force does not mean that the case is actually a special victims case, but it could be. And if there is reason to have put it in that category, they may not necessarily tell us. Mm. Ah, okay. Uh, but uh, you cannot expect that the police force puts two homicide detectives on this. Well, and it would be unusual, but not unheard of. Because sometimes ah. when a specific case happens, other resources are already delegated. So you have to pull from the resources that are still available and then later reallocate them. Or it could be that this particular detective has a special skill that just makes him better for this case. You know, he may may just be better at X, Y, or Z thing, and that's why you're talking to young people, maybe, and that's why they selected him. And really, there would be no way to find out without asking them why he was selected. Uh, We haven't touched the, uh, the, uh, the drug, aspects oh yes we were going to go into that and and brian does not have a history as far as we're aware of uh, a big drug use of uh you know and and maybe he smoked pot or something like that but we don't have any reports of him using heroin or crack or meth or anything like that um but if he were to have gone into a vehicle with someone with the promise of getting drugs um that does bring us seedier elements into possibility because if he were to have gotten into a vehicle with someone with the intention of buying drugs, then that means he had money on him and someone might rob him for the money and never have had drugs to sell him. Uh, That happened um, near my hometown uh, last year. A lady met two young men that she was going to buy pot from them. She was going to buy marijuana from them and they um, shot her and took the money and then left her body in an abandoned school. And luckily her boyfriend realized she was missing right away and everything. And so she was found, but that does happen where someone will take money from you when you had intention of buying drugs, even something as small as marijuana. Right. And, and I think we touched on the subject that, for example, like a friend or someone that he perhaps knew that he provides him with drugs and that Brian sort of, uh, dies, uh, unfortunately dies from this drug use, and then uh, this friend or this person thinks that they could sort of trace him back to this, that he was the provider and that he will be incriminated because of this and that uh, that he somehow got rid of Brian's body in this in this manner. And that has happened as well, where people have overdosed on whatever substance and their friends have abandoned them or uh, hidden them because they didn't want to go to jail. And that is a whole separate issue related to the justice system that uh, maybe we'll go into one day about why I feel like that's unfair that you would punish someone for bringing help to them when they need aid. But, uh, but yes, that has happened many times where someone has left their friend behind or abandoned or hidden their friend when their friend is overdosed because they did not want to get arrested for contributing to their friend's overdose. 
Yeah, right. And it's and it seems to be such a tragic sit, uh, situation that that this this person wouldn't necessarily come forward. I mean, he would feel really bad about it, of course, but it wouldn't necessarily be this sort of that this person boosts about this in a bar, sitting in a bar, talking to random no, people. No, that would be the kind of no. secret you would probably yeah. take yeah. to your grave. Yeah, yeah. It really would, because that would be very shameful to admit to someone that I abandoned another human being and allowed them to die because I was afraid of getting help. But it does happen. Yeah. Yeah, that one, uh, I'm not really, I can't leave that one out. I can't, uh, this is this is uh, plausible in my, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that um, actually is a plausible situation. Um, I don't know Brian's drug history, but if he no. were a person that periodically did use drugs that, uh, that is something that could have happened. I in Like I said uh, before, my hometown was a college town, and our hospital was right next to a 24-hour convenience store. And all the time, young people would drop their friends off at the convenience store because they were overdosing and needed to go to the hospital. But no one would ever dare take their overdosing friend to the hospital because then everyone's going to jail. So they, they at least the people that I was aware of in my hometown, they would take them to the convenience store, so eventually someone would help them. But some people may not make that same choice than they may and they have left their friends or hidden them. Right. Uh, another type of scenario involving drugs that you can think of. I mean, if it was, can it be some, some type of scenario involving drugs that even though Brian wasn't a user, let's, let's say that he ended up, he saw something that he shouldn't, that he went to a place where other people were doing drugs sure. and he saw something. Sure. Or um, it could even, I don't know if there were any other missing person reports around that time filed about situations that appeared to be um, unrelated, but sure, he could have gone to another location and had God knows what happened. Um, You know, I, in my hometown, I keep bringing up my hometown just because we have a terribly large amount of weird things that happen in that home in my hometown. Uh, But Uh, There was uh, one Christmas, there was a couple of different families had gathered in one house. And so there were people in the home that didn't normally live there. They were just there for the holidays visiting. And then some armed invaders came into that house and robbed everyone in the house. And it just happened to be there was three times the number of people as normal inside that house. But weird things do happen where you're in a place that something happens that was unexpected because you weren't, you know, you're not normally there and you didn't know that kind of thing happened there. And I think most people have been in a place where they have been at the wrong place at the wrong time and has seen something or heard something happen. So, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. But whatever it was would have to be big enough to then want to commit murder to cover it up. Right. Right. So, what so it wouldn't be something basically. very small. You know, it wouldn't be something small like uh, he witnessed someone cheating on their spouse. Usually hmm. someone wouldn't murder someone over someone witnessing them cheating. But who knows? People are crazy and do weird things. Yeah, people are crazy. But uh, what's your opinion on, uh, for example, if, if Brian Brian was in his uh, flirty mood? I mean, we can assume that we know that he sort of flirted with his two students. But if he continued this mood afterwards, uh, outside, hitting on the wrong woman, and uh, his her boyfriend shows up out, uh, out of nowhere, there are people that have um, paranoid jealousy problems. Mm-hmm. And there have been people that uh, have accused their spouses of cheating on them or whatever because they saw someone look in their general direction. And so there are psychotically paranoid, uh, 
jealous people like that. And sadly, it happens quite a bit where all it takes is for a male to talk to a female and now a jealousy situation has broken out. And I, I am just having running through my head different situations of people I've known personally that got punched in the face because someone dared to speak to them that was the opposite gender. And so then their jealous maniac boyfriend punched them dead in the face because some other guy said hi while they were walking past. And so, yeah, that could happen. And I could see that being a possibility, but if it were directly outside of the club, it should have created a scuffle that other people noticed. Yeah. You can sort of imagining some type of report somewhere. Yeah. Because someone reported something. Someone would have reported at least a shout or something, you know, but um, there are people that are that bizarrely wired that they feel the need to bring violence because someone spoke to their woman. Yes. But also knowing what you know uh, and the mentality of a criminal person, like if if someone, let's say that they have this, uh, you call it paranoid uh, envy or what did you? Jealousy. Jealousy, paranoid jealousy. I can assume that in that in that specific moment, this person is sort of really enraged, and, and yeah. he, he he does this uh, action. Sort of, uh, he, he he creates this uh, this impact on on Brian being in this mentality that he's enraged. He's not really in planning mode at this stage. So uh, after he has, let's say, killed Brian, is he really capable of focusing on? like getting rid of his body has does he have the potential to actually switch from being this enraged crazy person to actually being in planning mode and try to get rid of his body and actually succeeding getting rid of his body um if he were frenzied and just so enraged that he flipped out and attacked brian right there that would lead me to think that he was not uh really great at planning things but some people are both planners and also full of rage. Um, I have known of people that are being investigated by law enforcement that have had a history of having jealous behavior like that with romantic partners and having murdered more than one romantic partner. But Mm -hmm. the police are not, um, or I should say they've been accused of murdering more than one romantic partner because the police have not yet found enough evidence to bring charges. And um, so when the, Um, partners were murdered with this particular person. It was a blitz situation where the guy freaked out and allegedly committed murder. But since he had experienced that same thing before, he was very good at covering his tracks. Mm. Yeah, right. So there are all kinds of people in the world. Right. But in, but in that case, then we have the, uh, we have the actual girl. I mean, she's also a witness to this. Right. And I, and you would think, Um, a woman might come forward then out of fear, but that also could keep a woman from coming forward because she's afraid. Look what he did to this guy that he didn't even know. What would he do to me? Right. So we have, we have uh, possible uh, factors in, in this scenario that could have sort of chatted what, what took place. They could have provided some information about this. We have both the act committed against Brian. We have the the witness, the girl, and then we also have the bo- uh, the disposal of the body. And all of this escaped attention of the Columbus police. Right, um, and it uh, escaped attention of the police and escaped attention of anyone who knows who these possible perpetrators might have been. They did right. not notice any change of behavior. They did not notice that that you know something seems really off with my friends all of a sudden. 
Um, so yeah, it does really seem while there's a remote possibility, in my opinion, of harm being brought to Brian in order for everything to be laid out so mm. perfectly, mm. it's pretty darn remote for it to have worked out this well for the mm. perpetrator. Right, because the act wasn't planned initially. Yeah, the how act, could it have been? Because no one would have known no. Brian was going to be there. That you know, unless the act were planned against anybody, just I'm going to find some dude to kill. But no one knew Brian was going to be there at that specific time, doing that specific thing. At, you know, he, they didn't know. Unless it was uh, set up. What could Brian have done to be hated yeah. so much? Yeah, um, yeah. Jealousy is a normal and natural human feeling. Even animals seem to have jealousy when you're petting one dog when you have two. The other dog wants pets too. But the ability to bring harm to another person because of a jealous feeling is not a normal human reaction. Right. And, and I, I have to assume that this person, I, I mean, either, either he's, he's the most lucky guy in history because he chooses a time where there are several other people out partying and it's right. in the middle of the night. And uh, I mean, why not, why not commit this act in another instance? It seems to suggest that if something happened in that regard, it was not planned. It, 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 just that it would have been triggered. Yes. That specific the, event triggered it somehow. Triggering it. I mean, sure it's possible, but, but actually to just flip them to switch to this planning mode and, and uh, try to get rid of the body without being seen or heard or, actually succeeding yeah there I mean, it's uh yeah it's the succeeding part that is the is the troubling part yeah. because i can off the top of my head think of a lot of instances where someone you would not think is capable did try to cover up a horrible crime but they did not succeed and they got caught because they had not they were not familiar with doing that kind of thing even though they suddenly found themselves to be capable and right. there's uh, two different convicted murderers from my town that were young, very young when they committed murder. And in both of those instances, their parents did try to cover it up. Um, but mm -hmm. in both cases, all charges were brought against all involved parties because it was found that they tried to help cover it up. You know, they weren't that good at it. Um, even one of the cases, the father was a police officer and he wasn't even that good at it. You know, he was a cop and they still got busted out. Right. Right. And so I would have a hard time believing, um, and not that it couldn't be possible because there are unsolved cases out there, but I would have a hard time believing that it could go so perfectly in favor of the perpetrator that a jealous boyfriend would not have left some kind of evidence behind or um, that the girl would not have discovered that that's what happened and been horrified and scared and said something perhaps. I, I would like to think that, you know, and if a guy if a boyfriend were that kind, kind of jealous, I probably would be afraid of him myself if I were his girlfriend. But I would have a hard time living with myself knowing someone else was murdered because they spoke to me. You know, I would feel that would be very, very uh, soul eating to know that someone was murdered because they simply talked to me. That would, I would have a hard time living with myself if I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense to me what you're saying right now. It makes Makes sense. Uh, sometimes, I mean, crimes and, and acts of crime, they don't make sense, but they sort of leave a trail behind somehow, you know, somewhere. Right. Leave a trail behind, which you can sort of uh, try to examine or pick up a lead on. or uh, Because, 
I mean, that's the point here that we have no witnesses. We have nothing heard. We have no gun residue. We have no knives. We have no blood on the street. We have no type of evidence anywhere that I've not known, even gravel that, that was scuffed up. No, no, no evidence no. of any kind of foul play. Nothing. Not a piece of paper out of place. No, and nothing. And nothing even suggesting that there would be a motive behind causing any harm to Brian. So, if something took place. If he encountered some type of crime, that it would have, this type of crime would not have been planned in advance, but it would have been a, an act committed there impulsively on the street or somewhere else where it was taken. The only instance I can think of where it's possible that it was pre-planned if something did happen to Brian was with Brian not being the actual intended target, but just some one of those hunting type of serial killers that is hunting for anyone at that moment. And so that's the only scenario I can see where something would have been planned. And then that would have meant that Brian was not the specific target. It's just that Brian was there and then targeted. Right. So uh, the likelihood of, uh, let's say that Brian got away from this area. He, uh, he left this area and ended up somewhere else. And that then, and at this new place where he ended up, he encountered a serial killer Sure. Yeah, he could have stopped at a gas station, could have stopped at a house party. um, And and that could happen. And that's a weird anomaly that you simply cannot anticipate. Coming across a serial killer, there's no way you could. I just assume when I'm driving down the highway that at least one of the other cars near me is a killer of some kind, because there's no way to assume, you know, there's no way to anticipate that. Um, Because like that would, that'd be crazy. If people could anticipate serial killers, they wouldn't be successful. But yeah, you can't anticipate that bizarre anomaly. Just like if, um, and this is going to sound really bizarro, but you can't anticipate that Bigfoot flew out of the heavens and grabbed Brian either. You know, it's something that could have happened, but pretty unlikely. It, it just, yeah, Brian could have come across a serial killer, but we say that about every single missing person that we can't find. Well, what if they were sex trafficked or what if they were taken by a serial killer? And there's, um, evidence that shows that there's actually less serial killers operating in the United States now than there ever has been. Like by far, there's half the number that there was at that last highest mm-hmm. count. But it's just all the pieces would have to fall so perfectly. And it has happened because there have been victims of serial killers. But it just seems a little bit unlikely to me. But if he was in some other place, then who knows what could have happened to him. He could have fallen in a hole there and not had yeah. foul play happen at all. Or he could have met a serial killer, or he could have met a jealous boyfriend, or he could have overdosed on drugs in some other location. Yeah, right, because it makes his case so hard to investigate also. Imagine yourself being being a, an officer, a police officer, and then and then you end up in this multi, multiple intertwining scenario that perhaps Brian just wanted to take, you know, the weekend off, you know, in that right. instance. He was, he was tired, he had been standing for a week uh, on end, and then uh, his mother passed away. So he just wanted to take it easy during the weekend, not not contact anybody. And then something happens from that point right. where he's at. So you have now, okay, so he's actually voluntarily left. And then some other things happen, maybe an accident or maybe a foul play scenario. And he's not even there in the area. And uh, But of course, you have collaboration between police units and other police forces in other neighboring towns and other neighboring states even. But... Uh, someone would have to come forward with some type of information to be able to investigate this. Yeah, you would have to, someone would have to come forward with something because where we are now, we know 
virtually nothing more than we did when Brian disappeared. Um, and so if someone were to come forward and say, I was at a party with him in Rhode Island and he disappeared from there, then we would know he was last seen in Rhode Island and has somewhere to start, but without any information at all, or if they find Brian's remains, then we'll be able to have a chance at having new evidence and be able to figure out what happened to him. Um, but it's entirely possible that he did leave the area through whatever means purposely or not intentionally and then had something else happen. That's what very often happens with runaway situations with young people. They leave and then they show up as a Jane or John Doe later. But I know Brian is listed as being missing and, you know, there's the composite of the, the new composite and everything. But just because someone is famously missing does not mean that necessarily remains found would be rapidly tied to that person if they weren't expected to be in a certain area. If Brian's remains were, say, found in Washington State, there would be little reason to assume Brian was in Washington State. And so they may not run to check, are the, is that Brian? They would check mm. other people that were missing from Washington State first. Yes. So it's uh, entirely possible that Brian has been found, but we don't realize that's him yet. But I would assume he would have been found in a faraway place or they would have had reason to check that, that, to see if that was Brian or not. But on, uh, on some interviews and also people are saying that, uh, you know, someone needs to come forward. Someone knows something. They always keep saying that in this case. <laughs> Perhaps they have some type of, uh, not evidence, but something suggesting that. And they may have. Yeah. And that you, you're absolutely right. They may have some sort of idea or hypothesis of what has happened. And they, if that one person that, and they might even know exactly who it is. If that one person has whatever that little piece of information is, would finally come forward, it could break the entire case open. Um, but without that person coming forward, it's going to be hard to do that. Um, there's a case that, that, that it reminded me of. There was a, a pregnant woman that went missing, um, I believe from Florida And they know that she spoke to someone when she left that house, when she left her house that night, someone talked to her, but that person has never come forward. And the pregnant woman has been missing for three years now and her baby should have definitely been born by now. And there's no baby and there's no woman, but they know for a fact, she talked to someone and she talked to someone on her phone, but the phone number was a burn phone. So they weren't able to track who it was, but that person has never come forward and said, yeah, I'm the one that talked to her. And if they weren't involved, you would think they would have said, yeah, that was me. And we talked about buying shoes or whatever it was. Yeah. So they may have an idea and even have a specific person that they're trying in a roundabout way, asking, please come forward. It's been so long. Please just tell what you know. We know, you know, please just say it. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But that sort of leads us into the, Uh, his case file status that his well ultimately it seems to be that they have decided that perhaps this is not a crime what occurred uh, I'm not really sure but do you have you heard of this uh, uh, term used not a crime slash other service that seems to be the indicated in the case file status of Brian Schaefer's case right now from CPD I have not seen that particular phrase used before, but I've seen other similar ones that were like um, suspicious disappearance, Mm -hmm. no crime, uh, you know, no evidence of foul play, but Mm -hmm. individual missing due to suspicious circumstances. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've seen not phrased exactly the way you're saying, um, but I have seen similar things where they it, it's kind of said we aren't sure. We don't know something. It seems like something weird has happened, but there's no proof that there's a crime. Right. I mean, it's sort of self-indicating a little bit, but you don't know uh, if if uh, if the term is not really explained in detail, and it's and if it's not a formal term used by other by other units or or uh, police forces around the, in the U.S. You cannot really, but here it's it's sort of indicated not the crime slash other service, right? And so there, it that sounds like that they do not believe foul play is involved, but he's still missing. Yeah, correct, correct, and that that they need some really important or pertinent tip to come in to investigate this further. Yeah, because it's stalled. Yeah, unless new information that gives them something new comes forward, it's stalled right where it is. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't make evidence come from where you don't know where to look. If they even got a tip on, you know, perhaps a certain house was involved, then they could at least go there and eliminate it. You know, finding out information doesn't even necessarily mean that you find out more than you knew, except that you were able to eliminate things. And that's even progress. Being able to eliminate is still progress. So in your opinion, let's say let's say now that an attack took place. Brian was attacked. He was injured and possibly then, of course, killed. Uh, mm-hmm. They tried to hide a body. Uh, we, we have to somehow picture... I mean, if we picture a city area versus a more desolate area, but a city area, can, can a... Can an assaultant get away with this? Can he actually succeed in hiding, managing to hide a body without this body being discovered for almost 15 years? Is that possible in your view? Um, sure, only because I've seen it happen before where people went missing in a city and have never been found. Um, he may have been taken completely outside of the city if he were kidnapped, for instance, and disposed of very far away. He could have been taken very far away and placed under the ground. And why would anyone go to a certain forest two hours away and look there? Because there'd be no reason to. Right. Um, so, yeah, it could happen. Um, or like we speculated earlier about the um, waste dumpsters, the garbage dumpsters. Um, yeah. If he were placed in there and everything worked out just so that it was that he was transported to the landfill and then more refuse placed on top of him year after year, then at some point it would become very close to impossible to find him in that large amount of muck. Right. Um, but if he were to have made his way into a hidey hole nearby, he might be found. You know, when they move that certain grate or whatever that he hid himself behind or someone hid him behind, then he w- could be found that way. But until there's more information, there's just no way to predict what not only not what we only not only can't predict what happened to him, but where he could possibly be found. Right. No, I mean, it seems to suggest after 15 years that, uh, unfortunately, in a city environment, you sort of, you know, you remodel, you restuff, you right. sort of do this construction all the time. I mean, I mean, can can it really lie somewhere in that vicinity and not being found? It, it can happen, but it would be pretty unlikely. You know, there's that case that I remember us talking about once where the young man was sitting on top of the coolers at work when he worked at a grocery store and had somehow mm-hmm. fallen behind them. And it took them, I want to say eight or 12 years to find him. 
um, sure. because he had become dehydrated. His body had dehydrated back there from the heat of the fans and so on. And they were so loud that they didn't hear him. And long story short, uh, they found him when they sold the building and were removing everything. And he was just in a weird little hidey hole. And so that can happen. But out of how many times someone goes missing, how often do you find someone like that? Not terribly often. So it is possible that he fell into something like that or was placed into a small space. But they have done many renovations and the businesses aren't even the same anymore. And so if he had gone somewhere easily accessible, he probably would have been found by now. But not 100% certainty because there are weird anomalies that happen. So summing up this whole uh, scenario that uh, that Brian met some type of crime at night. Do you think it it's more likely that it was planned or that it this just happened? It was unplanned act. For it to have, if Brian met with foul play, yeah. and for everything to have gone so well in terms of hiding him, I would think that honestly it would have to be. I would I would lean more toward planned but not that Brian was the target, the specific target. If something happened to Brian that was foul play because he has been so successfully hidden for so long, I would assume there would have had to have been some sort of plan. But I have heard of other cases where someone surprise killed someone and also hid them very, very well. Okay. But it doesn't, this situation to me does not feel riddled with foul play that sort of uh introduces the other point that i wanted to make was that if the disposal of the body the hiding of his body it could indicate somehow that the uh, the reason for hiding his body could be that you could sort of trace the perpetrating by finding the body you could find some evidence that this was the person or this was the the guy who committed this crime. And that's the reason why the, the, the body was disposed. Yeah. And that, that would definitely make sense that if I knew, let's say I was a perpetrator and I knew I sexually assaulted Brian and my DNA will definitely be on his person. Hmm. I might want to hide Brian to prevent someone from finding the DNA because who else could it have been then, but the DNA left behind that had to have been the perpetrator. Hmm. And so if that's something that I would were capable of doing, I would hide, I would try to hide the body. And a lot of um, sexual assault rapists have murdered people to cover their tracks. They necessarily didn't weren't interested in murder per se, but they were interested in continuing to violate people. And so they would commit murder so that they would not be caught. And so, sure, that's definitely a possibility. Um, and sexual assault is not the only way DNA could be left behind. Just scuffling with someone could leave DNA behind, blood or whatever, um, skin cells. So, yeah, if I knew that there was a pretty good chance DNA was going to be on Brian and I knew I hurt him and I didn't want anyone to ever be able to tie me to him, I would definitely hide him. I would try. At least try to hide him well enough that the DNA would degrade before he was found. Yeah, okay. But that's just out of self-preservation. If I was a creeper person that did things like that, then you want to, they, their goal is to continue doing those things. And they don't want to get caught. What about the... Uh the actual area where this might have taken place. Do you do you see it in the immediate area a little bit off or do you see it like far away? What are you picturing in that case? If this took place, the planning, mm-hmm. the disposal of the body, where, where was this? 
if that's what took place, I would say it could not have happened in or in the near vicinity of the bar because there was too many people around. And they mm-hmm. did they no one can even prove Brian came outside. You know, that's yeah. how little evidence they have of what happened to him. So there I, I don't if if something happened, it could not have happened right there because someone would have seen or heard something and there's no even witnesses placing him for certain outside the bar. And so it would have had to have happened in a different location where he probably willingly at least went as far as a vehicle because otherwise someone would have seen him being placed in a car and create, if I didn't want to get in a car and I'm not drugged, I'm going to fight. I'm not going to let somebody put me in the car. You know, someone's at least going to notice something was wrong. I would think. But if I was walking with someone I thought was not a threat and walking them to their car, and then we decide on the way to go somewhere, I would get in the car without a problem because I felt safe. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think it's something up pretty good. I just wanted to I wanted to find out what you thought about this. And we've been on this now. We have uh, looked on practically every alternative. Yeah, I, I think we folded it and looked at it from every angle we could. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Uh we might have this uh, we might have missed something, uh but I don't see perhaps how it can be pertinent. Uh if that something is that would be so freaking remote what happened. Right. Yeah, it would have to be something so unusual that we yeah. no one would have ever come up with it as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, true, correct. And afterwards, I mean, sometimes they find uh they find out about things that happen afterwards, but then it's easier to go back and okay, we should have looked at this, we should have seen this, we mm-hmm. missed this. Uh, but but I think in this conversation that we have now, I think we we have covered sort of the most logical things that could have happened because a guy is in a bar, he probably goes home or he joins another group of friends, and and really I think that if someone that Brian knew well or that Brian knew, they would sort of have found out about this, uh, and and if it's if it was a random attack. Uh, Then, then sort of, I see it. I see it hard for him not to, not to be there, not to be found there, and not for someone to hear or see something there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in order to explain what happened, you have to, you have to commence like a one thing, and then you have to build on top of that until it sort of becomes this uh, really shady theory. In the end, it doesn't perhaps make any sense, but right. But As you have explained with your knowledge that people are are not single minded they can overcome their own uh their own uh intimidation they can sort of surpass this and do commit crimes that are sort of unthinkable like the one hour before they couldn't imagine doing it and then they're actually there being this perpetrator right. and then they have to you know not to ruin their life they have to complete this disgusting act that they've done and then you know, not to not to end up in jail for the rest of life. They also have to remedy what they actually did. So taking Brian's body out of action, out of the picture, it's, it's certainly one of these things that they can do. Yes, yeah, certainly. If a person were capable of committing the act, even if they did not previously think that they could commit the act, their desire to have self-preservation and not get in trouble could be motivation enough to try to hide him and hide him very well forever. Yeah, right. And they got lucky this time. 
Perhaps. And sometimes that does happen where if someone does get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okie dokie then. So thanks a million times, Tana. Thanks a million times. I'll talk to you uh, next time. Yes. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day.